it has come to my attention that you've been involved in very not Portland activities this past week. Uh, if you mean me not being in Portland, sure, yeah. I It, it has to do with that. I, I believe there was rumors of some food smuggling going around. Oh, yes, I, I am a statewide criminal I, in that sense. You, you do understand that the burritos of Los Angeles are meant to stay in Los Angeles. You lost access to them when you moved, and taking them across state lines is not only a criminal offense, but a moral offense. Uh, no, I stand by my choice and my decision to smuggle burritos uh, into Oregon. There is a so. special place in hell for people that take Mexican food out of states that deserve to have good Mexican food into states like Portland. Sorry, it's been done. Cities like Portland. In fact, cities like Portland, yeah, cities. But you know what? It's been done. They're sitting in my fridge right now. I've already had one, and it's delicious. Walk me through this, because I saw that on Facebook, and I'm like, oh shit, this is amazing. Like, what was the TSA check like that? Like, did they look knowingly at you? Was it like... We're going to let this one go, fucking weirdo. Like, did someone try and steal a burrito? What were these burritos you smuggled across the, the state border, which is an imaginary line kind of thing we've drawn for tax reasons? Okay, so let, let me give you some context before I give you the actual TSA adventure. So, my girlfriend and I have been very upset with the pickings of Portland Mexican food. As I warned Our, you about. Yes. So, we figured, well... On my way back, I could buy a bunch of burritos and put them on my carry-on back to Portland when I got back. So, uh, the night before my flight, I went to my local greasy Mexican burrito spot and I bought six burritos, brought them back to my... Oh, then went to uh, Ralph's, bought saran wrap and a small lunch pail or lunch, little bag, whatever. And I proceeded to remove the aluminum that they come in and wrap them in saran wrap and place them in said uh, lunch bag and put them in my carry-on. Then I put them, uh, well, yeah, I put them on, he said, I put them in my carry-on and I took them with me to the airport to bring on my flight back. And so TSA obviously pulled my bag to the side immediately because it looks like I have bricks of coke. <laughs> so they uh they were pulled off to the side and TSA agent says, Is This your bag? I said yes. So they go with it, it's like, oh, so what do you got in here? And I'm like, You're probably flagging the burritos I've got. They gave me a look like burritos? I'm like, Yeah. So it's Oregon the cool slang have- for yeah. Coke. Yeah. <laughs> so like, no, Portland doesn't have good uh they don't have good Mexican food, so I'm bringing some up. And then she laughed, and then opened the lunch pay- the lunch bag and saw that it was, in fact, burritos. I'm like, I wrapped them in saran wrap. I figured I'd make it easier that way. Um, but, yes. <laughs> I proceeded to explain that this whole burrito thing was specifically because of the food uh, situation up here. And she pulled them out of the lunch bag, of course. And Held one is like, are they gonna last? I'm like, oh yeah, I'll make them last a while. You think those things are getting off the plane? Ha! Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're like, okay, well, there you go. Here are your bags. 
and well, they let me through. Well, so uh, this story, if it, seeing this kind of posting on Facebook reminded me of my favorite kind of old roadie stories I heard a long, long ass time ago. I know it's not officially roadie, so that's the context I heard it in, which is um, there's a man who works a, a border for his entire life, and every couple months, this other guy comes through with a donkey, and on the back of the donkey is a straw basket, and Every single time the border guy tears apart the basket, looks all over, looks at the donkey's mouth, like puts his hand up the donkey's ass, can't find anything. Like like clockwork, this guy goes back and course across the border every month with a donkey in a basket, and like for twenty years this happens. And then mm. uh, one day the man is in a market, he's retired, he's lived a full life, and he encounters this man with another donkey with the basket. And he goes, I-, "I don't work for the government anymore. I don't work the border." I have to know. I know you were smuggling something. What were you smuggling? And the man smiles and looks at him and goes, donkeys. <laughs> that is what I pictured was going on with this. Like, I'm now picturing you, like, whipping up and down the coast in, like, a... like a, So, again, like, when I, where I was growing up, there was a story that they were running cocaine up from Florida to Massachusetts and a guy in a Ferrari that they just painted the entire car black and made, it like, radar-proof and stuff. Where it's just, it's like you whipping up and down the... Western seaboard, a fast car, just hauling Mexican food up and hauling Mexican food up, and I guess like firewood down or something. Like a mm-hmm. cop stops you every way, and it's like, what you got in the back of the boat? What you got in the back of the car? Burritos. What's in the burritos? Well, if they're carne asada this week. Uh, maybe next week they'll be cheese and bean. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was like. I was like, oh man, they're gonna take my goddamn. They're going to take my damn burritos. I'm not going to be able to get them on the plane. And like, not only... Go ahead. <laughs> like, I was hoping we'll be suspicious. We have to confiscate this one for uh, further investigation. It's lunchtime soon, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. No. They were like, nah, you cool. And I brought them back, and I put them in my fridge, and I'm just... <laughs> Every time. Little did they know, each burrito was full of a half million dollars of cocaine. Pretty much. <laughs> and carne asada. Yeah, carne asada and coke. The true what Mexican else could you burrito. want? The true yeah. LA burrito. <laughs> but yeah, I smuggled burritos on a plate. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 120. We're an incredibly lame snowboarding trick now that ends in face planning. Congratulations, yeah, Alex. Yeah, we did it. Not, when, when, not really. Like the basis of a snowboard trick would be a one eighty. Like this is you're going for the one eighty, and you got your edge caught in the top of the jump or something, and you eat it afterwards. Oh. Well, then what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> welcome. As always, I'm Charlie, aka Mordak, aka. Some variation of that on every video game platform known to man, as far as I can tell. Joined by Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online. Woody-woo! Woody-woo, indeed. <laughs> I am excited yes. this week. Uh, yeah, I know. We started off on an interesting uh, high note with my smuggling crime. Crime! Yeah. <laughs> what week doesn't start off well with crime? Crime. So. Of the best kind. Food crime. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it, okay? I Yeah, I'll take I, the fucking hit. <laughs> I, as someone who lives in Los Angeles and can't get good pizza. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. 
You haven't found any pizza that's worth it in. Uh... I have found some pizza I find acceptable here. I there are very few pizzas I think are good here. Ah, okay. Like there's there's one or two near my house that are fine. I yeah I they just don't make the crust I want. They just don't make the crust. Like gotcha. I I went from thinking Little Caesars was like garbage pizza to appreciating Little Caesars deep dish pizza for being consistent. You know, Little Caesars gets a lot of shit. I mean, granted, there was one time I actually had a bad case of uh, Little Caesars pizza and I actually got sick, but um, they are a decent tier of pizza. No, they're not. Though, even though it's only five bucks, I they're. The the price that the price rate is what rank, makes it good. I I have had pizza from gas stations in other part of the country that are better than Little Caesars, but like, yeah, c- compared to LA pizza, Little Caesars is better than a yeah. shocking amount of it. Yep. So, I like I said, I for one really really enjoyed Little Caesars when I was on a on the struggle. I'm like, yeah, no, this is definitely worth it. Little Caesars is like depression food for me. Like if, I, if I've had a bad day and want to keep that train going, I go to Little Caesars where it's like, let's let's find a food that matches my level of disdain for myself right now. And Little Caesars is like, yo, you want to spend five bucks for pizza? And I'm like, that's exactly what I want to do. Hmm. And I generally kind of like the stuff too. It's fine. It, it doesn't change the fact that it's like, there's something wrong with you for being like, yeah, that's what I want. So, okay, so then what would be your, like, closest to decent pizza? Um, there's a place near me called, like, um, I think it's called, like, Chris's or something. That's okay. I, it's, their crust gets, like, 80% of the way there and then misses the landing because it's uh, consistently flat the entire way through. Like, crust is supposed to come up some around the edge of the pizza. Mm-hmm. This kind of, like, flat plane of crust LA is obsessed with, I think, is bullshit. Like, Pizza Hut is one of the better pizza options in my area, and that disgusts me. Pizza Hut? Oh. I've never been a fan of Pizza Hut. I am not a fan like, of Pizza Hut either, but compared to, like, we have a place that makes pizza crust that's, like, kind of pie-like, and while it's good, you have to be in a really specific mood for it. Uh, Like, there's, there's a local chain in LA called Pizza Man that I think is now my favorite pizza place near me because, like, there's a pizza place better than them. Chris's, I think, is what they're called. Like, the place I just mentioned is better than them, except they are fucking expensive. And Pizza Man's like, yo, what do you want on this pizza? Like, nine things? That'll be $12. Mm. Or the other place is like, that'll be $40. And I'm like, I- I'd be okay with 20 maybe 25 but, like, this is too much. Yeah. This no, is that's, sad that's... video game food. Like, this isn't supposed to be like, and now we feast! Yeah, no, that's true. the The pizza costs have been pretty stupid, especially with toppings like that. But I'm not even a fancy pizza guy either. It's like, what do you got on your pizza? Onions, peppers, pepperoni, maybe some mushrooms. But I'm feeling festive, and like that's about it. Occasionally pineapple, but yeah, you lost me at pineapple. Right? I I said occasionally. Uh, I'm gonna take a pass. I actually give Manny a lot of shit for I it. know, that's why but. I brought it up. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
I don't know. I, I guess I haven't had legit pizza from, like, anywhere, I guess, on the East Coast. They have good pizza, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different style. Although I did watch something this past week that made fun of California Pizza Kitchen, and I could not... St- it was like, yeah... <laughs> California Pizza Kitchen, really? Yeah. I mean, that's like that's like punching down. Yeah, that that was kind of the joke they were making. <laughs> I don't think I've actually gotten pizza at California Pizza Kitchen. In the rest of the country, California Pizza Kitchens are like, ooh, it's fancy because it's California, and then you get here, and a they're still called California Pizza Kitchens, and b they're treated like this like angry disdain for them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm inclined to agree with you. I I don't. I wouldn't even go actively scout it out over here. So. Yeah, I, I think like the joke was something along the lines where it's like, "Man, you live in California, where there's like a California pizza kitchen on every corner. Do they just call them pizza kitchens there? No, no, we call them uh, KPFs or KPKs. Why? Well, we're too busy to say California pizza kitchen, and no one eats at them anyway. You mean CPK? Yeah, CPK, sorry. <laughs> KPK, I'm like, what? Do we spell I... California with a K now? What did yes, I miss you when do. I've been gone? In this joke, you do. <laughs> My bad. Brain moment. <laughs> we call them CPKs because California Pizza Kitchen is too long. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I wouldn't actually seek it out. Don't kind of care for the place, but yeah. meh. Yeah. Like, I've only ever eaten CPK pizza from a... um. Grocery store, from the freezer section. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never actually been inside of one. Huh. Yeah, they're not that. Like I said, they're not that great. You're not missing much. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're kind of the TGI Fridays of the pizza world, where it's like, huh, the fact I can get your food from a freezer section, I don't think bodes well. Is that the case? Yes. Yeah, no, that's pretty. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other scenario where, like. Maybe some freezer-based version of a company is okay, but no, you're right. It's well, it, it freezer-based version is fine. It's when it tastes exactly the same as the restaurant quality. You go, ugh. Ah, yes. Yeah. This is very true. Yeah. Now they've promoted how shitty pizza of LA is for like five minutes. You want to do weeks? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's jump into that. Sure. I'll go first, I guess. Uh, I've been playing a lot of that Forsaken. Oh, that Forsaken, you say? It's real good still. I really like it. I have yet to get a single exotic. Really? The exotic drop rate is real bad or real stingy or whatever. No, that's not true. I got one exotic I already owned, and I I get it, and I infused it into a pair of shoulders I was already using, so, yeah. Trying to get that second subclass going. Mm-hmm. I I like Striker still. I what I'm really thinking about doing is playing a hunter up. I, it's I'm having so much fun with bows and a hunter and a titan with a bow is weird in my brain. And they've done some really cool like hunters got the best subclasses I think out of the new of the three new subclasses. And like with the exception of Arc Strider, their other subclasses have been really cool for a long time. I. I I want to play that new Night Stalker one where it's like you're a fucking ninja. Like you're just stealth and murdering people, which is real cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play a lot of that, play a lot of Gambit. Nice. Gambit's real good still. Real good. 
working on that chaperone bounty because I hate myself. Well, I may have to partake in the uh, in the Destiny Two adventures at some point. I, I I think I take back my statement from last week, like where it's like I don't know if this would be a good expansion for those that aren't hardcore to Destiny. Forsaken's just really good. Like if like if you have if you've yet to play Destiny Two, now is a great fucking time to start because Destiny Two's never been in a better spot. Tons of people are playing. Like when you get to the end game, there's lots of stuff to do. They've fixed the daily system pretty well. I it's yeah, I. It, it's nice to enjoy Destiny again. Huh. Yeah, like I, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time when I play that game anymore, which was my biggest complaint prior to this thing, where it's like, unless I was doing a story mission or working on a very specific quest pass, it's like, why am I doing anything? I have all the stuff I want. I don't care. Hmm. Well, yeah. Well, it might be time to reinstall it. I think I still have it installed. No, I think I installed it a while ago. But don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for. Uh, was it uh, Tom Clancy's? What do you call it? Division. Division two, because I really want to play that. But this might hold me over. And if it sounds good, I think. Uh, yeah, this Destiny two thing might actually be a big deal. It's weird, like. The more Anthem looks like it might be okay, and the more I, like, think back on how I felt about the Division 1, the more I just don't care about the Division 2, I'm realizing. Really? I, it's... Like, I, I... I played the game I wanted the Division to be, which is Ghost Recon Wildland, and, like, Division 2 is not going to be Wildland, nor should it necessarily, I, I guess, kind of thing. But, like, at the same time, I re—I I, I think like, I really hated the combat in The Division. Like, the, the amount of shots it took to kill someone in that game was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where, oh, Destiny also has bullet sponges. Yeah, but at least they're big. Like, the fact that some dude in a hoodie takes, like, a full clip from a machine gun to kill just isn't fun in my book. Yeah, that was a big, yeah. big issue with that thing. Like, I remember the Bullet Sponge Saga, especially if you try to play a little bit harder mode. It was just yeah, terrible. Yeah, I. it's really weird, because I, I, I remember being like, okay, cool, I, I would totally play the sequel to this game, and like the more time has passed, the more I'm just like, I don't think I care about this sequel, actually, at all, unless you like fundamentally change how the combat works, and... Like putting a traversal system. Mm. Yeah, because like that game with like an Assassin's Creed style parkour system, that might be something I'd be into. Where it's like, hey, you can get good advantages and shit like that. That might be cool, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I it's like it, like I said, like every time Anthem looks cooler, like there's really good breakdown on IGN of a bunch of stuff in that Anthem trailer that showed up. I think a week or two ago, they did like a full like. Second by second, here's some sit, uh, stuff you may not have noticed because you were just watching it. Like, th that game looks different from Destiny enough where I'm like, okay, yeah, I could be into that, but also, like, not, hey, you're in a military organization in Washington, D.C., which, uh, like, increasingly, I'm like, I don't want to play that game. Politics are depressing enough as they are. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fucking 100 right there, but... yeah. Yeah, like it's like you're you're choosing this very controversial setting, 
and then getting out there and saying, we have nothing to say by picking this setting. And you've got me going like, no, this game should be all about having something to say. Like, okay, if you're going to do that, like set the second game in like Portland or Los Angeles or something like a major city. But at the same time, like a city that has no like extra significance aside for a shit ton of people live there. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I also officially unsubscribed from WoW again. I've recanceled my subscription. Feels good. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big WoW fan. I, I talk about it a lot of this podcast, and to be honest with you, I don't blame you. Especially in yeah, the current I, state. I just Yeah. It's just beyond that, like I, I we were talking about this some before the podcast a little bit, but like just the more of like the how WoW vanilla versus now change stuff and the more I've like dug down into what that game is, like I, I've ran, I've, I think I've run all the dungeons and the expansion now and stuff, and I, it's they changed too much of that game for me to ever play it the way I used to. Like it, I, I don't know what that game is about anymore, but it's not about just playing that game, which is what I liked about vanilla, and I really hate the talent system. Mm. I really miss the old talent system where you could like there were optimal builds, but now there's like truly optimal builds. The fact that you can't really, it's like you can tailor some to your play style, but why bother? Like these aren't different enough to build really. It's like, okay, what are you? Oh, you're this, you want this. Yeah. I mean, like I know I, I we've, we've had this discussion several times before, but yeah, yeah I mean, there was, there was something about a charm where you could actually build, and put together some stuff. Um, yeah. What's it called? Uh, you could like put together a build that would work out. But the thing is, if you did any kind of research, you already knew what talents were your optimal talents every fucking yep. time. Yeah. Um, I did like the little crazy hybrid specs. Like, Warlocks had the Soul Link. What was it? Siphon Life build. Yep, and they could tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think Rogues had the... Uh, I don't know it. It was a broken system back then too, but like it, the current version of the game feels like it lacks personality for a like. I feel like I'm playing a Death Knight, not my Death Knight. I guess. Oh, okay. You're playing a Death Knight, but not like. Yeah, I'm playing a Frostback Death Knight, which means I want to have this build kind of thing. Like it's the pressure to go optimal, and also like the reality is. Like in previous, like I guess, like to speak some for vanilla. Like it was the okay. It's like you want one of these two talents, but not both of these talents. But also, like you can totally just dump both into both talents if you want. Like I, the idea of doubling up on a certain tier of a talent tree because both were good, and then like skipping the next tr uh, tier to get to something below it. It's like no, you have the points in. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I, I like that kind of thing where like it's like okay, so the top level affliction is good. The second level is bad, but the third level, that makes things fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm officially off WoW. I uninstalled WoW Hearthstone today because I forgot to uninstall it previously. I've uninstalled WoW again. Yeah, I don't know. I It, it was nice to return for a bit. I, it's Battle for Azeroth wasn't enough of the battle for actually for Azeroth, so eh. Yeah, it, it's actually kind of funny because a lot of the certain things they were pushing and, and touting that were going to be really good 
have definitely yeah. fucking fallen flat. Like I'll I'll go into it a yeah. little bit, but um, yeah, go ahead and finish your weekend. Then I'll. I I played a lot of that expansion and did not kill a single alliance themed thing. It was just a shit ton of blood trolls, which fine, whatever. But still, yeah, yeah. I but also because I've been playing lots of Forsaken, I've had background stuff going, and I have watched. All of, I guess, listened to technically and half watched um, all of Jack Ryan for uh, Amazon and all of BoJack season five. Huh. How is Jack Ryan? I'm, I'm interested in that one. I liked it. Really? It's cool. I like Tom Clancy books, though, too. And I like the character of Jack Ryan from Tom Clancy books. So the show is fun. I, it's, it's good. It's each episode feels like a little movie. Mm hmm. Like a lot happens in each episode, which I kind of like about it. I, it's it is a bad game. To, it is a bad movie to watch while you're as a background thing or bad TV show to watch as a background for a video game because that show uses language really coolly. Where uh, if a person would be speaking French, they just fucking speak French as opposed to being like, oh, we speak French, so it's in English. So. It's got a surprising amount of subtitles, which it should have, given how that show works. But it was like, oh, shit. i to prop the iPad up so I can actually read and play. <laughs> what the shit's going on? I dug it. It's good. Did you ever watch The Office, by the way? Yes. Okay. Did it ever kind of throw you off a little bit, considering the main guy is Jim As Halpert? As someone who does not like The Office? No. Ah. Okay. Uh, the best thing to come out of the office is the funnier die bit that remade the um, Jack Ryan trailer with clips from the office. What? I really like the office, and I'm surprised I, that you don't enjoy some of it. But I, it's I like the British version. You're the first person I've ever heard say that. The British version significantly superior to the American one. The American one is kind of draggy and Parks and Rec is a better version of the same formula. I it's that that show lives or dies on its characters and I don't like any of the characters. Like all of the Michael antics I find terrible. Well yeah, he's cringy. That's that's who he is. I, I don't like cringe. Ah. Cringe isn't funny, it's cringe. Oh, it's awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. That's not funny. Mm. And you don't like Parks and Rec either? I love Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is great. Oh, okay. But also, the first season of that show is cringy, and it's the worst season of that show. Yeah, for Parks and Rec, I agree. It gets better with every season. Mm -hmm. The Office maintains the same level of, look how quirky we are without actually being quirky. Oh, no, it gets worse after Michael leaves. But, yeah. Like, I don't like Will Ferrell for the same reason. Eh, Will Ferrell's hit or miss for me. I only good part of Anchorman's is the two fight scenes. <laughs> the two fight scenes are pretty fucking legit. I'll give you that. Best part of Anchorman, and the rest of that movie is hot garbage. <laughs> the uh, did you like the second fight scene from that from that whole series? By the way, I the fight scenes the only good part of that entire franchise. Even with all the crazy cameo appearances like Kanye and I thought that was fine. Fight scenes good. Rest of those movies bad. 
I don't know, Jack Black throwing that dog off the bridge. That was pretty funny, too. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Now that we've geared ourselves up for hate mail aimed at how I have no taste in comedy. <laughs> what have you been up to, Alex? Um, well, before I start off, I do actually want to give a shout-out to a friend of mine. Uh, he's told me, like, hey, I listen to your podcast. It's pretty cool. And he sometimes yells at me when I say things during the podcast. He says... He has a wrong version of cool, then. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, just shout out to you, Levy. I know you're listening to the podcast, so I was like, thanks for listening, and, and don't worry, you should write in. So he's been on the yes, fence about writing write in. in. <laughs> if former co-hosts can write in, you, a listener, can definitely write in. Indeed. So, now with that out of the way, um, so this last week was actually kind of a little somber week for me, it wasn't exactly a good one. Yeah, you had a bit of a downer week, didn't you? Yeah, a bit of a downer week. I was back in L.A., but not exactly for circumstances I wanted to be there for. So uh, I was there to pay my respects. I had a family member pass away. Uh, so I was there for the funeral, the wake and all that. It was a very nice uh, wake and funeral. It was nice to see my family. But it's made me realize that the thing that brings you back to L.A. is definitely going to be family because I sure as shit don't like going back to L.A. just to be in L.A. Uh, what, LAX isn't a travel destination for you? Fuck no. Uh, yeah, I just, like, it was weird. Maybe I'm exaggerating it, but, like, I just felt like a shortness of breath being in LA. It's tired. Granted, I'm sure it's, it's, you know, more involved with the fact that I was there for a funeral, but, like... Yeah. I just didn't like being in LA. Like, I definitely don't miss it. I miss the people. Like, I, I miss, uh, you know, some of my old coworkers there, my family, of course, friends. But I sure as shit don't miss L.A. I do miss the burritos, though. That's why I smuggled some back into the state with me. But, yeah, no, it was just uh, it's kind of interesting. Like, you need to change your gamer tactic, the burrito smuggler or something. <laughs> the burrito bandit? Yeah. Burrito bandito? That's... Yeah, maybe. That actually could work. Burrito Bandito? Yes. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna start working on getting all that updated. Um But yeah, I just uh it kinda just made me double down and realize that like my decision to move up here to Oregon is kinda feels good. Sure. Maybe it's just too fresh too, because I've only been here for a few months. But... I, it's yeah, I, as someone who's moved a bunch in my life, like don't knock another place when you've only lived in one place less than a year kind of thing. Like, it's... You've also lived in L.A. your entire life, man. Like, it's it's where you grew up. I think, like, if I grew up in Portland, I'd be like, why the fuck did you move to Portland? Yeah, that's true. Hell, I grew up in a place similar to Portland. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I think it's still that, bro- like, that honeymoon era or yeah, time right now for it, so... I, it's also, it, it is... It's maybe not as distance different as moving from like Boston to LA, but like moving from LA to Boston would be very different from someone for someone like you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, um what else? <coughs> oh, you right there. Ignore my coughing. I have a really bad cough this week. Gotcha. Um So yeah, other than that, I mean, it was it was it was nice to kind of they had a family and all that so, um, 
on gaming-related news, Enhancement Shaman continues to hurt my soul even more. And with the recent AMA that some of the WoW devs did regards to, you know, what's going on with BFA, I, I don't see any changes happening real soon, so I'm working on my rogue. Because that class fucking hurts my soul right now. When in doubt, change class. Yep. And it's like... It, it, and it sucks, too, because, like, here's the thing. We've started progression pushing for our, our raids and my class, and there's another Enhancement Shaman, and then there's an elect Elemental Shaman, and we're all getting sat first, just because our DPS isn't up to par. And it's not like we're messing things up. I mean, for item levels and all that stuff, our damage and rotations are pretty solid. It's a, it's a class-built issue, unfortunately. I'm not saying I'm super good, but I know I'm not fucking up anywhere near the point that it's abysmal numbers on there. And when you're pushing progression, what matters is numbers. So that is where I'm at with that right now. But yeah. Um. Other than that, it's pretty much been my week. Like I said, I was gone for most of the day, so I didn't really have anything else to do uh, gaming related. But that's, it's a short week. Yeah. News time? Uh, yeah, I believe it is news time. <clears throat> We've got some weird-ass news this week. We do. It's it's kind of a interesting collection and smatterings of stories, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start off with kind of one of the fluffiest ones, I suppose. Uh, Fortnite has been cited in over 200 divorce filings. That's fucking hilarious. I saw that headline and I told my girlfriend and she fucking laughed. Not really news, but I found that shit hilarious, and <clears throat> someone this week told me, hey, why don't you guys cover Fortnite ever in the podcast? And I'm like, we do, just neither of us play it, so we don't really talk about it that much, and here's your Fortnite news. Yeah, there it is. Been cited in over 200 divorce cases, so there you go, guys. In other news, Fortnite is still probably killing it or something, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it still raking in money? Yeah. Oh, God, it's fucking just so much goddamn money. It's insane. Yeah. Yep. But I saw that and couldn't stop myself from putting it in. But, yeah. Uh, moving on from that, there are rumors that indicate that WoW Classic will launch in 2021. These were just rumors, but they came from, uh, we're going to call it a certifiable enough source, but a reliable enough one that, yeah, maybe it's out uh, at Maybe it sounds plausible. That's a long time. 2021? I, so, I, yes, yes, I agree with that. But also, it's one of those ones where it's, part of me wonders, like, WoW launched many iterations of the internet ago. Like, would bringing WoW to modern stuff, like, require you to modernize, like, would vanilla-ass vanilla WoW run on modern hardware anymore? Mm -hmm. Like, how much of making... And then also at the same time, like, is vanilla WoW legacy servers just, hey, it's the exact vanilla version of the game, or is it updated models? Like, you're, you're making essentially a whole second World of Warcraft server at that point. Huh. I mean, I I guess, but like... Oh no, this also seemed like a long-ass time away to me too, but at the same time, it's almost 2019, dude. That's true. 
three years for a kind of essentially a reboot of an MMO that hasn't existed in this version in going on a decade kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and then also becomes the conversation of like, what does classic WoW mean? Like, will you have progression through all of the expansions again? Or like, Will they find a way to make the expansions work with old WoW? Or I don't know. Like I, it's seeing as like the phrase "Oh, we want a classic WoW server" is easy to say, but the reality of what that might mean to a company like Blizzard, I don't know what that means. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling for most of the people who want to jump back into that, they're gonna want to do the PvP. So if they have seasons, maybe, but like, if they have the PvP system like before, that I'm sure that's going to have a lot of people like. I don't know. It's again, like it's the what does what does a classic WoW server mean in the modern era? Like, it's like, could you even sell a game with classic WoW's garbage ass graphics anymore? I don't think so. I think the only yeah, people, like so, I mean, well, that's the thing. The only people who are really wanted will come back to that are people who played it before and have this romanticized nostalgia of it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, could you, if you're Blizzard, like, it's the okay. So, let's say, like, pick it like, WoW has seven million subscribers right now. That's probably not exactly correct, but it doesn't matter. Like, how many of those people do you think actually care about vanilla WoW? Uh, I can tell you one that doesn't, and that's me. Right, so but my point is, like, you have to make this commercially viable somehow still, because it's going to cost money or t- and time, or maybe that's why it's taking so long, is because it's like, hey, I don't know if this is actually commercially viable, so it's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I-, I don't know. Like, it's one of those ones where it's like, if you could launch WoW with some of the quality of life stuff and you have now looking for group stuff, but at the same time, like, all the old talent trees and how that works. Like, if you could find a way to make it so I could play, like, old-school WoW talents through modern WoW, I would be interested. Mm-hmm. But is that what they're doing? No one knows. Again, like, what is WoW Classic at this point? Yeah. No, it's, that's, I didn't think about it that like, way. Does it end at Wrath of the Lich King? Like, do you stagger content? Because, like, Wrath is when stuff started changing pretty drastically, right? Like, that's a cataclysm redid the map. Like, it's the, do you have it go up that far? Do you have it stop at just the end of Vanilla WoW? Do you have it go through Burning Crusade, which was, like, the first expansion? Like, what is, like, how do you support Classic WoW? Because, in theory, you already have the final patch notes done, except, like, you're gonna have to patch it. I mean, my understanding was that it's going to stay only in vanilla. Like, that's where that I, ends. Does it? As far as WoW Classic goes, yeah. That's what the trailer at least is implying, that it's the beginning. Right, but they've never actually said that's where it ends. Like, what if WoW Classic becomes some, like, alternative timeline thing where they have expansions just for WoW Classic? It's like, it, do you add to WoW Classic? Do you never add to WoW Classic? I this isn't me trying to like, say you're wrong. It's like, what is WoW Classic, though, in the modern era? Mm. How do you make that like worth having servers up for it? I don't know. 
That, that's an interesting question, but I think like it, it's one of those cases where I, we don't really know what they have planned, other than hey, we're gonna do WoW Classic, guys. So I I don't know where it would end, but yeah. I think people were even like, no, don't not even burning, just stay vanilla only. So that's yeah. my guess, and I feel like that's kind of where they're sticking with it, and I think. I don't think they're going to do much in terms of actually developing anything new for it. I think it's just going to sit the way it is, and they're just hosting the servers for it. Yeah. So. I don't know, but again, like, it's the... It probably takes time to revert a game back to that point or something. I don't know. Mm. Like, if you told me, yo, we don't know where those models are, are, are anymore, I'd believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on from that, we got some Destiny 2 news. Oh, gone. The uh, the first raid for Destiny 2 is Forsaken, or the, the the new raid, A Last Wish, has been beaten after almost 19 hours. Of consecutive raiding, or? Yes, 19 hours straight of raiding, essentially. Oh, shit. 19 hours after launch, they, uh, uh yeah, uh, it's, let's see if I can get the name off of them. Clan Redeem is one of, like, three people to come close to beating it in a 24-hour period. They were the first. I think they might be the only people to beat it in 24 hours. Maybe two people clans beat it in that time. Uh, I watched some of the kind of the quest to be uh, first. These guys came on. These guys were not in the kind of, like, forward-leading people. It was fun watching people just die on stream. Where, like, after 13 hours of playing that game... It's like, oh god, I just want to sleep. Yeah. But that's all cool by itself, but so Bungie did something kind of interesting with how this raid worked, where the first team to beat the raid has now permanently changed Destiny 2. It's not quite clear what that means just yet, but the the last curse, the last wish has been unleashed upon the Dreaming City, there's a whole cutscene animatic around that type of thing. A new quest opened up after the fire team beat the raids. So there's new heroic modes. There's uh, it's allegedly the dreaming season on a, th- on a three week rotation of stuff going on. So we'll see what that happens. But I wanted to give kind of Bungie props for making the raids so kind of story lore tied in for a change. Like they locked a crucible map behind this. Oh, did they just? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, Gambit map. The uh, because there's a Crucible map locked around uh, behind the Leviathan raid, but mm-hmm. this one's a little more far sweeping. Yeah, it's been like 48 hours since that happened, and still people are finding new changes to how the map works and stuff. It's neat. Forsaken's real good. Moving on from that, something completely different. Anthem launches February 22nd, 2019. We got a date, boys. Totally different. Uh, So, in addition to that, we have a bit of a breakdown of the two different versions of Anthem you can buy, which is useful for crazy people like me. You can buy normal, standard edition Anthem, which will get you access to pre-launch demos. You'll get a Founders Player Banner which we don't know what the hell that is, and you'll get some special armor for your ranger. If you go the Legion of Dawn edition, you'll get all of that, 
plus some extra armor for all the different armors for the different uh, javelins in the game. But most importantly of this, we get the final names for all the javelins, which at least launch will be Ranger, Colossus, Storm, and Interceptor. I don't think those were mysteries at this point, but it was kind of fun to see them all confirmed in one spot. Yeah. But also, as part of this, you will only be able to play the demos if you have um, EA access. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. You will only be able to, you only play the demos if you pre-order or have EA access slash origin. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, we got a date, finally. Yeah. This is going to be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you're going to pick it up, or? Probably. I, it's... Anthem had me maybe worried's the wrong phrase, but like they kept showing, they they've not been great at not making me worried. I guess about the game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like they, it, they, it's EA first of all, so it's EA. But at the same time, it's also EA. Like we talk a lot, we have to talk more shit about EA, but like it's also Bioware, and like Bioware's made some okay games in the past that I've dug, and the game looks, the game has always looked cool in my book which is kind of all I care about to a certain extent and I've paid more money to be have have less fun than with a bad video game kind of thing like that gives me time to get the studio set up so it's like at worst if it comes me ragging on it for a stream or a video at best it's a good game so we'll see I I like loot shooters you get to you have a mech suit in this thing it's not officially called a mech suit but whatever I it looks cool enough that I'll be into it like it it looks like Destiny, but more Borderlands, where it's like, hey, the story is kind of single player, and there's drop-in, drop-out multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, should we move on to their EA news? Sure. Now that we've talked about the nice thing about EA, let's, let's go back. Uh, yeah. So, remember EA and their loot boxes? What? EA and loot boxes? I've never heard of those two together. So EA has refused to comply with new Belgian um, loot box laws, and at the time the article was written, was risking prosecution, and straight up, stuff has been filed against them now. Yeah. Well, it doesn't fucking surprise me. This is a country you're basically like, nah, dog. We're not going to comply with what you say. Yeah, so, and this is where it gets a little bit weirder. So, uh... The, the the game of contention in this case is FIFA 18. It's um, it has that uh card system for the make your own custom teams, and this is actually where it gets really weird for me because it's the card pack system, and are card packs loot boxes? Well, what's the functionality of the card packs? You you make a team out of the characters that come in the cards. Or on the cards in the packs. Well, I mean, just because you serve it up in a different container doesn't change what it is. Right. So under this rule under this law, does that mean like Yu-Gi-Oh booster packs and Magic the Gathering pa- uh, booster packs are also in are also kind of not complying with Belgian loot box laws? Well, I think with that, I think in that sense, I mean you're when you're buying a loot box for Yu-Gi-Oh! or, like, a, a card pack, you're technically buying the game itself. Like, it's not like you can buy a... No, no, I'm game. saying a booster pack. I, I'm saying a booster pack. I'm saying, like, this is not enough cards. It's not the full game. It's in addition to a game you already own, in theory, or something. Like, 
are play are, are it's the this where it gets dumb because these are player cards technically and like it's a it's a weird point of contention but the fact that it's cards makes me go the is EA gonna pull the will you sell trading cards in your country like because that's the best defense on this one hmm because that's technically what these are. I don't know. I think the only like counter to that would be like, well, you have to buy a stock game even to get access to the booster packs anyway. Kind well, of thing. Yeah, I, I, don't I know. can like, make the argument. Yeah, no, I, I can't. Yes, I, I brought this up to be confusing on this one. Yeah. Huh. Like, I can tell you what a loot box is. But like, Hearthstone cards, they're cards... But they're digital. Is that a loot box still? I don't know. This is going to be... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, technically, that does make sense. Yeah. I don't know. This is, gonna, this is definitely one of those things that's going to go actually to court, for sure. They're yeah. definitely going to go yeah. over that, but... Yeah. Well, so, and kind of like... The official EA stance is that uh, it's not gambling because you know exactly what you're going to get, kind of the quantity-wise, from each pack. Which, again, yeah, I, I I agree. Like, it's the if the thing says you're guaranteed one rare and, like, five commons, you will get one rare and five commons, kind of like a booster pack at that point or something. It's This is where it gets real weird because loot boxes, 100% random, hypothetically, card packs... The less random, I don't know. It's this is a real dumb set of arguments, and I can play both sides of this one really easily, and I don't want to be able to. Yeah, but yeah, EA and Belgian squaring off. Huh. Well, let's see how it goes. Yeah. It's it's a uh, big bad EA versus Belgium. Belgium country. Old on EA taking on another country. Yeah. I wonder if EA will do something petty and make fun of Belgium in uh in one of their battlefield games at some point. Just as a little like punch, so to speak. I don't know. That feels like a too fun moment for EA to do in all honesty. Yeah. Uh moving on from that to uh, truly relevant news. If you live in Brazil or South Korea, you will start. You will get to try out the beta version of nominating Pokestops. Oh, that's nice. In Pokemon Go, obviously, uh, this is only kind of news with that resurgence of that uh, or the that Switch game is coming out soon that links up with Pokemon Go for kind of cross functionality. I believe this functionality will come to the rest of the world eventually, but it's limited to Brazil and South Korea players for the time being. You have to be over level 20, and you have to be over 18 in age. Uh, you have to be over level 40. Sorry, level 40, my bad. Yes. Yeah, level 40 players. My bad, my bad. No worries. Level 40 players who are over the age of 18. Uh, you'll have to submit photographs and descriptions of the stops, of course. Uh, that will be reviewed by Ingress users. Experience Ingress users, which is very much what Ingress lets you do. You're allowed to submit, like, nodes in Ingress. Uh, so this is just pretty much taking that feature from that game and kind of transferring over to this, which I'm surprised took this long, but... Yeah, this got this made the list for the, like, why is it taking this long to put this in the game? Yeah. So. 
a little surprising, but yes, this is something that uh, Chris has had for a long time. So it was only a matter of time before they finally moved it over to Pokemon Go. But yeah, hey, it'll be nice. You can nominate your job and stay there and just loot or just farm note there all day. Or, and hear me out on this one, strip clubs. Strip clubs? <laughs> this is true. Well, I mean, they, they do have to get reviewed. I don't know if they... They suggest places like public parks, libraries, interesting pieces of art or architecture, or major transportation spots. Uh, private property, places without direct access to pedestrians, and locations on primary or secondary school property in child care centers will not be approved. So a strip club with some real cool wall art? If there's cool wall art on the strip club building, yes. The actual strip club itself, no. Mm. <laughs> so all you cool graffiti artists who happen to know your local strip club, let them know. This is a good way to get people to your I area. don't know why I want this to happen. I just do where it's like, yeah, fuck it. Ruin the game at this point. Like, Let's start nominating a bunch of garbage-ass locations where it's like, Mass Grave. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Hey, let's nominate the death site of the Black Dahlia. I... <laughs> I... It's wrong, but part of me's always been like, why is this not in the game? It's terrible enough for that to happen. Yeah. Or let's nominate the hotel where Richard Ramirez used to stay at. I... Yep. Which, by the way, is next to a really good burger place in L.A. Is that where Meatzilla's located? Yes, it is, actually. It's next door to it. Huh. <laughs> We've spent too much time on this. We should move on to something more adult. Well, yeah, I'd like to just point out, we were talking about a, ki a game, a kid's game, where you can nominate locations, and our first go-to was strip clubs, and then we went the dark route with, like, I can just, th I went that way because, like, what's the worst place you could nominate for this? That. Like, that or, like, Crime Alley from Batman. Oh, God, Crime Alley. Jeez. But, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. Steam has approved a 100% uncensored adult game. Really? It's happening? This is the first one. The floodgates are open. Huh. Get your bone on. I don't know. It's not so much important as what game it is as that it happened because, as you may recall, we talked about how a bunch of games were stuck in limbo after the we're allowing everything on the platform stuff kicked off. So, yeah. Assumably, and it seems to be the case, that was to allow Steam to kind of fix its filtering tools and stuff like that. But, yeah, you no longer have to, like, buy a game, then go download the nudity patch off some guy's website or something or whatever. You can just get your smut direct from Steam now. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right, baby. Smut it up. Smut it up. <laughs> I don't know why I put that in the news. I just thought it was funny. It, it's good. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, moving on from that to some graphics card news. Uh, those new fancy Nvidia graphics cards will have kind of one-click overclocking. Basically, they'll come with a option to have an app that you can jump into to, well, overclock your card. Huh. 
It's not quite that simple, but they're trying to make the process of overclocking your card a little bit more accessible and safer for you, the user. So that's cool. It's an API plugin to your existing GPU management tools. Mm-hmm. It looks neat enough, I guess. I This is for a group of people. Do you overclock your equipment? Um, I don't think I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I set some stuff to high and all that, but I don't think I really do overclock yeah. anything in particular. I, I, I just buy powerful equipment and then let it run normal. <laughs> That's overclocking, right? Sure. I'm a hacksaw, right? You're an elite hacksaw, sir. Yes. The most elite. And speaking of the most elite, moving on from that to we had Nintendo Direct since last podcast and we got some announcements out of it. We uh, have a new Luigi's Mansion on the way for Switch. Kirby's Epic Yarn. Sorry, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, which appears to be a collection of all the Kirby Epic Yarn games, is coming to the 3DS. Don't know why that's not coming to the Switch, but we're not going to talk about that. Bowser's Inside Story also coming to the 3DS. The Switch is getting a new Super Mario's uh, U Deluxe. Yes, Super Mario Bros. U, the Wii U Super Mario Bros. is coming to Switch. <laughs> it's getting some expansions. You can play as Luigi through a full story. What's something called a new Super Luigi U. Comes out January 11th. But most importantly of all, the Switch is now getting Katamari Damacy. Not a sequel, a remastered version of Katamari Damacy. Oh. Called Katamari Damacy uh, uh, Rerolled. Sorry, I I want to say Reloaded, but that's not correct. Okay. They also announced some uh, Switch-based Nintendo uh, NES-style controllers that slot into the sides. They look like NES controllers. Neat. They do look pretty fucking neat, I will say. I do like the fact that you can just literally clip them over the side to charge. But yeah. for $59, that's... Oof. Speaking of retro stuff, uh, yeah, they're expensive. They come in a pack of two, though, I believe, so that's a little less expensive, but it's not great. Mm. Um, a shit ton of Final Fantasy games are coming to the Switch. Uh, 7, 9, and 10 are all on their way, as is... um Oh, X2, I guess, too, because, yeah, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And Isabel has been confirmed coming to Smash. You know Isabel, that dog from the Animal Crossing games. Oh yeah, and also a new Animal Crossing game is coming in 2019. Yeah, to the Switch. I do like the way they announced Isabel. Actually, it was kind of quirky, so that was pretty. The internet's had a lot of fun with her. Yeah, <laughs> but she looks pretty cool. Um, so I don't know, just another person adds the rung of characters for that fucking game. So yep. Oh, but we're not done yet with this Nintendo Direct. Oh, really? Go on. September 18th, the online services for the Switch launch. Oh, so that's happening, what, in two days? Yeah. Holy shit. The the day after this podcast goes up, if you will. It'll cost three ninety nine, so four bucks for one month, seven ninety nine or eight bucks for three months, and nineteen ninety nine for twelve months. There's also some family buying options and stuff, which is useful. I it does indeed come with cloud saving. It's got a better version of the app. You'll get some NES games as part of it, or not? So, yeah, you'll get some classic Nintendo games as part of it. 
<coughs> Excuse me. And yeah, the most important part of this is you'll have cloud saving, which means if you break your switch, as shown in the trailer by a womp destroying Luigi's switch, or something happens, you can recover your cloud your your data as it will be synced to the cloud kind of automatically when it gets the chance is what it implies. Mm-hmm. Now However mm-hmm. There's a bit of a dark side to this. Go on. If you stop subscribing, you lose your cloud saves. That doesn't surprise me. Almost instantly. Yep. Sony gives you, I think it's like three or six months, and Microsoft gives you indefinite. To, like, save them locally, or? To download it for cloud. If you have the cloud stuff, it doesn't get rid of it automatically. Okay. This is kind of a either you have it or you don't. There's no chance to re-grab it. So, like, for instance, if you were to, I don't know, cancel for a couple months because you weren't playing a lot of all of the great online multiplayer games for this game, Mm -hmm. you would not be covered for that time period, even though you, in theory, have data in the cloud. Huh. It's, It's an odd choice. That is interesting. Could you save it? Like, can you save it locally though? Before no. You lose it? Well, yeah, but not really, because the information gets saved to the switch. That's what I mean. Locally to the switch. Yes. Okay. But if your switch gets destroyed, there's no backup. Okay. Well, that I understood. That part I get. Yeah. But like, you can still download it. Like, if you cancel the service, you can still have your saves on your actual computer. Yes, you just can't access any backup you had, which is the be- which is the biggest thing people want out of this service. Okay. But also, the biggest Switch news this week wasn't in the US-based Japanese Direct. It was in the Japanese one. So, um... We haven't talked about it a ton, but streaming games are coming. They've, They've already come, technically, but as part of the Japanese Nintendo Direct, they showed off the Switch playing... Assassin's Creed Odyssey via streaming services. Mm-hmm. It's not totally clear how this will work and if it's coming to the US ever, but hey, it's a thing the Switch can do, apparently. Huh. This is also not, it's not the first game. Like I guess uh, Capcom showed off uh, Resident Evil 7 co- uh, streaming option for the Switch, so yeah. Hmm. It's an additional charge to what you're already getting. It's I am curious if this will come to the U.S. Part of me wonders if this is because Jap- uh, Japan's Wi-Fi and internet culture kicks fucking ass, but who knows? Yeah. Just thought that was worth bringing up. Because it's kind of cool. And also kind of briefs them like, hey, the Switch can do stuff if you kind of have this extra stuff on top of it. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we're going to transition now into our main topic this week with a pit of news that just is mind-baffling to me. Uh, There's been this kind of ongoing in the background, not fully a news story, but a slowly developing clusterfuck, if you will, involving Riot Games for over a month now, it turns out. Uh, uh, We're finally at a point where I think me and Alex feel comfortable talking about it because... There wasn't a ton to talk about up until this point, but this is kind of a bizarre 
at least like a chapter intermission or an end to the first chapter of all this that works as kind of a nice little bookend and jumping off point. So without further ado, Riot has hired the person who used to be the Uber, yes, the car company, Cultural Fixer, to fix up their culture. Yes, they've had kind of a little situation recently with their culture in uh, at Riot, so... Yes. Well, just to kind of get people caught up, um, there was a slew of things that recently happened. Um, let's... I think it was early August is when... I think it was a Kotaku article, like... Say your comments now on Kotaku. I think early August, I found like the 7th or something like that, Kotaku got out there and did a whole little expo- article expose thing on some ongoing stories of just uh, allegations of exceedingly sexist col- uh, office culture within the Riot company. Yeah, actually that article was penned by a former Riot employee, I believe, actually. Okay. Um, that talks about, like, yeah, no, this is very much what the culture is like. And I thought it was an interview with her, but either, yeah, same difference to a certain extent. No, this was a dude who worked there who quit. Oh, this is a different thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, get, I don't know if that's a separate article. Um, this is a separate article. Okay, yeah, because this is um, this is different. Okay. So, yeah, we had a guy who pretty much confirmed this is the kind of stuff that goes on at Riot. And yeah. it's, like, very much a thing. And he kind of just got blacklisted for wanting to bring up some of these concerns a long time ago, is from my understanding. Uh, it's been a little while since I read the article, so forgive me uh, for that for the yeah. specifics. But yeah, and it just kind of also led into stuff in uh, PAX as well. I guess they had kind of a little drama event over at PAX. Yes, they had a panel that kind of went over badly. Yeah, and I think on top of that, the response, there was some stuff on Twitter and some leaked stuff from, I guess, a Slack uh, convo that they were involved in and... Yeah, pretty much just calling people man babies and stuff like that. So, also I, the the general kind of comment on the riot culture stuff has been that's very bro culture, uh, a, a giant one point six billion dollar frat house, if you will. Yeah, very much that, and actually a lot of vulgarity and things of that nature, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, this is gonna sound weird, like kind of everything you'd expect from, in all honesty the public image of Riot to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of weird where it's kind of, they, they're, we're not saying Riot's bad at what they do. They are very good at what they do. They've been named a variety of very positive things ranging from kind of the uh, 25 best tech companies in the world. They're worth a shit ton of money. They have one of the most, if not the most popular video game on the planet. This is not a critique of League of Legends necessarily. This is more us talking about Riot, and as a result, League a little bit because, well, League is one of, if not the most toxic games on the planet. Oh yeah, the the chat in that from other players can absolutely be a fucking yeah. swamp for sure. And I mean, when you know Jeff was on the podcast, he talked about how it's. I'm sure he's brought it up in the past that it's, it's yeah a it's... shit show in there, or it yeah. can be. Let me not say that. There are times the game is okay, but it definitely can be. A not all show. Riot players are monsters, just most of you. Yeah. Not all League players are monsters. Riot's not a game. <laughs> yeah, so I. It's weird because when this first started off, Alex was like, hey, do we want to talk about this in the podcast? And 
when it first came out, I kind of had a no doy moment when this happened, and maybe that's not the fair reaction to have. Like it's it's kind of news when major news articles start publishing articles on major gaming articles. I guess like New York Times has yet to run something on this, as far as I know. Mm. But like with many other studios as of late, I think David Cage's one was the most recent kind of offender on this topic. Video game studios are indeed companies at the end of the day. They're not some magical Disneyland-esque place to work. Their people work there. Jobs are hard. Bosses suck. Hours are bad, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, and it, it does. It, it, yeah, it didn't surprise me when someone got out there and said, "Yo, working at Riot as a woman fucking sucks." Mm-hmm. Partially because, like we said. The public persona of Riot is like, yeah, that 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 tracks. It's kind of like if you told me there's a cocaine bowl at Riot on that Rockstar Games, I'd be like, yeah, of course there is. <laughs> and a Shark Tank. Shark Tank would be pretty fucking boss, though, let's be honest. But both of these things you could believe are at Rockstar Games right now. Oh, absolutely. I fucking... I, I believe it 100% already. Yeah, I... Like, Riot Games and Rockstar Games are both companies that especially Rockstar, but like this idea that these giant video game publishers have just insane shit happen behind closed doors at like in the companies themselves. Like for years you've had just bizarre stories about Rockstar out there that I've always wanted someone to finally be like, fuck it. I'm writing the book or something on this shit. Cause like steam's the same way. (laughs) Excuse me. Steam's a little less kind of insane, but like also like the stuff you heard of Steam where it's like mobile desks and you can kind of work on whatever the fuck you feel like working on. Like these are bizarre companies because they're just killing it with money. Yeah. And as a result, corporate culture takes a bit of a weird turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so I guess kind of to rewind back to Riot for a little bit. Like, so it's been about a month and a half of an apology tour from Riot that has had all the sincerity of that whole BP joke from South Park, where it's like, we're sorry. We're sorry. (laughs) We're sorry. Yeah, and to be fair, I kind of have that same reaction. Any large corporate entity says they're sorry. As best we can tell, there's been no major layoffs, no no real, like, this hiring is the first major change in some ways that has happened since this whole thing popped up, and... That's been weird. Like, you expect someone to get fired as part of this, maybe some personnel changes, like, some more hiring to happen. Like, as shitty as it sounds, like, if you're accusing a company of, of having a very bro culture and not having any women in leadership position, the fastest way to dissuade some of those rumors is fucking hire some women in leadership positions, especially if something exists. Mm-hmm. Or promote someone or do something, and not even that's happened. Like, it's not the correct response. Like, you should promote people because they're good at what they do, but the typical corporate response is to do something along those lines. And so, kind of, you were pushing on this topic a couple weeks ago, Alex. Like, where are you at with this? Like, you, you follow kind of the esportsy stuff, the more competitive gaming side of things than I do. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, like, I was kind of initially following a good chunk of the stuff, and then kind of like, well, we we didn't talk about it initially, so I kind of didn't follow too yeah, much Yeah, that's on fair. It. But, like, uh, it's, 
it's it's a weird weird thing like i kind of like i i hear a lot about the culture as yeah. far as like the shit that goes on the workplace harassment sexism stuff like that like you know when you have like i i can imagine well i mean that's any business i get it you know initially that's some of my reaction like hey look private companies it, this can happen like it's not like a government job and- where it's super fucking like locked down but like you get it happens there too like people are shitty regardless of where you were yeah but like the level i think that they talk about from some of these former coworkers really shines a light on it cuz it's yeah. like i mean that's a big thing like the oh and, and for the record too we're not saying like it's okay because it happens we're just saying it's not okay, but it happens, which sucks. Yeah, no, no. That, that, let me let me preface by agreeing with you on that one. That's what I'm referring yeah. to. But like, there, the fact that like a lot of these, some of these employees have kind of really, kind of spoke out about this, especially one who wrote an entire freaking article talking about like, yeah, no, this is this is exactly what that's like. Like it's, and then, uh, the concerning part I think for me was the fact that they're like, hey, this is a problem. This is an issue. Or the guy brought up saying, hey, you know, you don't mind not bringing this stuff up. And he tries to report this stuff, and he gets blacklisted for just saying anything. And it just business as usual. Like that's the part that's like a little bit like uh, it's yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a weird thing, and I think you had set the line earlier. Like it's not surprising that a company whose product produces such a toxic environment has a toxic environment in their workplace apparently yeah it's it's shitty to say too but it's one of those ones where it's like rockstar has had a bizarre set of stories around it for decades now kind of thing but it's also it's like these are the guys that make grand theft auto of course this is going on yeah and then you have league where it's like okay so you have just the chat for that game is truly a sampling of some of the worst things you can type as fast as you can kind of thing where it's like, okay, yeah, this when you have a game so toxic, you have to spend a lot of money doing toxic combatant tools and it's not even all that effective at the end of the day, (laughs) as best I can tell. Well, I mean, they're still working on it from what I can understand. This is definitely going to be a long-term adjustment this is not something that gets fixed overnight or in a month it's not going to be like uh uh, people been trying to eat for years yeah Yeah. it's do you remember there was a commercial series that had um uh it was a it was a i want to say he was a linebacker or or a tackle for a football team terry tate office linebacker terry tate office yes terry tate yes do you remember they had an actual episode where they hired a like HR person to kind of yep. handle all that stuff and yep yeah no this not, this kind of stuff does not get fixed overnight you can't just tackle somebody and fix things unfortunately oh fucking Terry Tate office linebacker <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh but yeah it's... I I did not expect a Terry Tate office linebacker <laughs> reference in today's <laughs> podcast well guess what we're breaking all the walls down we got you. But oh, uh, if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about, please go Google Terry Tate Office Linebacker. It's great. It, it, it's it'll fill your day with happiness. Also, it's a great example of a joke that at the time was exceedingly funny that maybe wouldn't be as funny nowadays. 
Yeah, but like the nice part about it too is they have a series of them because they kind of just did so well. They were a great parody. Yeah. And they kind of just ran with it like, yeah, let's just make a couple more. So, yeah. Terry Tate's office linebacking notes no uh, color, creed, or religion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't think of, like, what almost? I'm, I'm trying to put another finger on what I wanted to say here, but I don't know. I can't. I, I lost my, my thought. Right I, it's it's weird. Like I, this is, I, we're a small in the game industry, I guess. Company at the end of the day, if you will, we do podcasts and shitty YouTube videos and stuff. And at, at, at most, have had like five employees. Air quotations on that employee part, max kind of thing. And like it's weird. Like you you, you talk about diversity in the gaming company and. It's 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 a bizarre one where it's the people for SWS. I try and get on the podcast or get into videos because they play certain types of video games or play enough video games or even play video games to a certain extent. Like my my girlfriend Jen, who does a bunch of the graphic work for us and kind of the behind the scene producing and camera work for a bunch of stuff, does not play video games. She's very much a part of SWS, but also will never be on the podcast because it'd be like, you know what's a good game is Crash Bandicoot. That remastered trilogy was pretty good. Yeah, that's cool. What do you think about Destiny's expansion? I hate it because you play a lot of it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, where was the hell was I going with that? I, I, I guess my point being, it's one of those ones where it's we are we accidentally have a significantly more diverse podcast crew and just kind of SWS organization than the average game industry company, and that that's not saying anything more than. A lot of places are located in like parts of Canada and stuff like that, where you have very specific kind of cultural stuff going on. And a big topic in the game industry is diversity needs to improve. And I think it is improving, but it really sucks when you have a company like Riot, where again we're acting like it's the '90s in video games again. Like fucking Laura Tits got or Laura Laura Cross got her tits out, and you're like, yeah, that'll sell games. <laughs> again, like I've played a Riot video game. I've seen Misfortune. That's a great character, but also, yeah! <laughs> like, fuck, what was it? Xenogears 1 had a um, sexiness slider they took out for the U.S. release. Wait, what? Uh, there was like a sex appeal slider in the Japanese release of that game or something that was like essentially the boobs and ass slider. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not okay, like that's that's a little bit jacked up. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, okay. I was I was referring to okay, like, oh, what is this slider you speak of? And like, now, like yeah, oh. that you slide to the left for like flat chested no ass. You slide slide to the right for full figure, and you can jack in the waist to like to fucking comic book Mary Jane level proportions, because that's how people work. I fuck. What was it? Um, Saints Row the sex appeal slider that you were dude just made your dick bigger. Oh yeah, make your bulge bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, yeah, I, that, that stuff's funny, but also speaks to a larger issue with the gaming industry. <gasps> like, fuck, the fact that Saints for a dildo bat is hilarious, but also a little fucked up. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm leaning more towards hilarious personally, but... Yeah, but at the same time, though, too, can you imagine, like... Because they made a physical dildo bat at one point. Oh, they did? That's like, right. It, it was in the office. <laughs> God. Can can you imagine that happening and being okay in your government job? 
Yeah, no, never happened. Yeah, I I work in the theme park industry, and we'll occasionally say some really inappropriate stuff to drive a point across, like like a variety of weird topics come up, and like people are inappropriate all over the place. We work with creative types. That occasionally you're prone to saying some not so okay stuff as well, but like the idea of a giant dildo bat in the office is like it's funny, but also like that would make me uncomfortable. That's 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 a mindset I don't think I share with people. I don't know. I, I personally think uh in my government job it would never fly. Yeah. But man, is that fucking hilarious. I it's well like I, I guess like it, it's the okay okay, so imagine like the CEO of your company roaming the halls of where you work with a fucking dildo back. Has that happened at Volition is my understanding. Like, it was in good fun, but also, like, that's fucking weird. Well, I think in Volition's case, it might be a little bit different because it's actually in reference to something that they're doing in their game. Yes. As a thing. Like, it's not like, hey, you yes. know what? I work, uh, we work here at uh, Sears. You know what I'm going to bring to work today? A fucking dildo bat. Like I, I, well, you work at Sears. You have a, you have a dildo bat there, probably. But um, it's Sears. <laughs> but I think, like in in in, in the context, because for me, context is the big thing for that. Yes, like, and the the context makes it a little bit more sense. But at the same time, like I, I could imagine an employee being like, "This is in the video game. This does not need to be a real thing we spent corporate money on." I could see that as well. Yeah. I, like, I'm with you. It's funny in context, but also, like, it's, even in context, it's a little weird and inappropriate. Like, it's oh-ha-ha ha, inappropriate, but also, like, could you imagine an employee being made uncomfortable by that and not having, and because everyone else thinks it's funny, not feeling comfortable saying something about it? Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of what I'm getting at with this, where it's like, yeah, if you work for Volition, yeah, you're, you're working for the dick joke company. Whether you want to admit to it or not, but at the same time, though, too, like, if you're a coder and your job is to, like, code the web interface, it doesn't matter that you work for the Dick Joe company. You're a coder at that point. Mm. And, like, your boss hitting you upside the head with a dick with a dildo bat, like, <laughs> maybe you're not okay with that. <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe not. that's up to the person. But, like, I don't know. I, it's very frat boy again. <laughs> And I'm not saying there's someone roaming the halls of Riot with a dildo bat, but, like, that is something you could get away with only at Volition. And that's more my point, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And even at Volition, maybe it's not totally okay, but also maybe it is. I don't know. It's weird. And it's what makes this topic unbelievably complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, 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 as a straight white dude, it's kind of hard to have the. It's like, would someone bringing a dildo bat to an office make me uncomfortable? Yeah, it actually would. <laughs> Even if the company you worked at had a video game with a dildo bat in it, yeah, it would still. Like, yeah, it would. Like, I'd get the context, but I still would be like, this is weird. You know, I, I'm allowed. I would have to disagree with you on my end. I I think it'd be pretty fucking hilarious. I don't think I'd be like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But then again, I I kind of have more of that sense of humor. Would I also be concerned that there are employees who would be absolutely upset with it? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, 
I think that's one of those ones where kind of it's the the video game industry gets a weird pass on oh it's the video game industry this is okay mm-hmm. or it's supposed to be weird and I don't work in the traditional video game industry but like you said if that happened at your corporate or at, at your government job not okay yeah no that would never someone would have fly. an opinion yeah yeah would never fly out there but yeah I can see why people would be upset about it though. like absolutely yeah I like it's like would it upset me enough that I'd be like I'm uncomfortable working here? No, but it, it's like the third day the dildo bash, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this joke has run out, guys. <laughs> the third day, all right, guys, we're we're kind of pushing this dildo joke a little too far, guys. Let's 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 tone it back. Day one was funny, I guess. Day two, yeah, yesterday was real funny. Day three, fuck this shit, shut it down. <laughs> I yeah I yeah. I guess that's more kind of the point I'm trying to make. It's it's one of those ones where it's from the outside looking in, it's not a great look. Yeah. From a working there, it might be fine, but at the same time, when you have a bunch of people in the case of Riot saying, no, this isn't okay, that means it's not okay. That means people that work for you are not comfortable the way they're treated, they're not comfortable with the environment, and if they're going to outside sources to voice their opinions, it means there's no way set up inside of your company to talk about that stuff or they have and they feel that nothing was done which is just as bad yeah no absolutely i agree with you there. yeah and that's and that's more of the story here i guess like it's the one or two people come forward saying this company sucks it might but yeah when when you have enough of this coverage on how much your company's culture sucks and how much it's unfriendly to women and a variety of other things it it becomes a problem yeah and that's when we talk about it absolutely yeah. I said dildo bat more today than I think I have in my entire life. Dildo bat Perry Tate came up today. I, yeah. Interesting podcast day. <laughs> yeah. That probably does it for our main topic this week. I got nothing else to say to you. Yeah, no, I'm, that's, we pretty much went over everything we needed to. It's kind of one of those weird yeah. stories where it's like, well, you know, let's see what actually is going to change or if anything yeah, is It'll probably evolve over time. We shall see. And, like, the sad reality is we can hope stuff will say a change, but, like, that company's big enough and set in its ways enough that if it does, it will be slow and incremental. And incremental's better than nothing, but... Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But, hey, they got that fixer from Uber. You know, Uber. That company I still won't use because of its PR nightmares. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't even use Uber just because the prices are not that good anyway. When my shoulder was busted up and I couldn't drive, I think I used Uber twice. And, like, part of me is like, I hate myself a little bit right now. (laughs) You went back on your morals. I'm like, I don't have a functioning arm. And they're half the price of Lyft right now. And you get to my doctor's appointment. You spineless fool. Yep. Way to stick to your convictions, Charlie. I'm weak and in pain and on painkillers. Yeah, that's your excuse. I'm disappointed in Drugs. you, Charlie. I was too. You sold out. I thought you were the I man. yeah. No. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. We have no emails this week, but if you want to contact us, Alex, how would you do that? Uh it's very simple. You can go ahead and get on your email client of your choice there, and you're gonna go to wickedawesomecast at gmail.com for the address you're sending it to. And again, if you didn't catch that, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. 
wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spelled as it sounds, down in the show notes, except to raw, except to raw. Whatever will be, will be. We love getting emails. They're fun. <laughs> we get so much hate over this riot shit, aren't we? Uh, we like kick the proverbial bear. Don't insult League of Legends. You can you can in, you can say a game is good and then have worries for the company itself. Let's be honest. Sure. Uh, but League fans are kind of rabid occasionally. Uh, let me be rabid. Like fuck, I was watching the World First stuff and. Uh, Dado, one of the big Destiny streamers, is kind of notorious for falling apart during his long streams, uh-huh. and that's why I watch his streams at this point, and, like, it's a race, so he was kind of obviously... I'll throw my foot out there. There was a lot of indication he was watching other people's streams as research, but the counters, everyone was doing that, but at the same time, that's still shitty. You kind of don't do that in a race, but whatevs. Yeah. But, like, you brought that up, and people just exploded on you in the Reddit kind of ongoing thing for us. Like, why? Why is it a big deal? Like, it's not. It, but, like, someone asked why people were, like, down on Datto right now, and I proposed a, re- a reason. Like, yeah, stream watching is normal, but also, like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark times on the internet. <laughs> you got anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, no, nothing... You mentioned Extra Life a couple weeks back. Are you doing Extra Life again this year? I am, yes, actually. Funny you mentioned I totally forgot. You got a link for me to put down in the show notes so people can provide you money if they so wish? Yes, actually. Um, I'll go ahead and send that over to you. It's just uh, extra-life.org slash participant slash Mave Online. But actually, I created a little shortcut link on my website that makes it easier so if you just go to extralife.maveonline.com it should take you directly to my extra life donation page cool if you give me that link i will also put it down in the show notes i may do extra life again this year too i don't know not being part of that guild has made me less negative on that organization Mm -hmm. well i mean this is probably gonna be my last year that i do it for la and then next time i will probably be switching over to uh help out with Oregon. Oregon and Portland. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've done pretty good with donations so far. I've raised 242 yeah. on my official Extra Life page. And then um, earlier this year, PUBG had their like PUBG Extra Life thing. Mm-hmm. And I raised 100 bucks on that one because they, nice. they matched the 50 that I got for my initial one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Very nice. So I got to raise some more because I want to try to get that gold medal again. The golds are pretty cool. Yeah, it is nice. Was last year the first one time you got one? Yeah, first time I got a gold medal. Uh, previous, I did get a silver medal. So, thank you to all who donated last year to get Alex that gold. Absolutely, much appreciated. And uh, yeah, yeah. But then again, I mean, the gold is just a nice little perk. It's just the. Oh, yeah, it's a fun side thing. Yeah, the reality is this stuff goes to a great cause and helps out these kids. Yeah. All that, which is always what it's always been about, number one. Yeah. Just to preface that out there, I'm not just being like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um, no, nothing else other than, like, you can find me on my social medias. I haven't been streaming recently, and it's mainly due to the fact that, like I said, I had a a death in the family, and I kind of wouldn't be wouldn't have my heart in it how dare you take the time to emotionally process 
and step away from the public eye after a tragic event in your family. We want you crying on stream, Alex. All right, uh, I'm getting back on that, so if you want to come uh, watch me cry on stream. Did you fucking hear about the people that shot at Dr. Disrespect's house? God, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, I... Sorry, the link there being like, no, you're, you're a human being. You're allowed to do stuff like that, man. Yeah. We don't want you on stream being a downer, being like, this is how you cried for loot, oh god. Yeah, yeah no, definitely don't want to do that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, sorry I haven't been on, but I will be jumping back on in the near future here, and, uh, yeah. We accept your reason. <laughs> Thank you. Well, if that's it... The time to close this sucker out? Uh, I think so. So, you want to do it this week? Yeah, sure. Cue the music.